Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 456. Anthony is uh, hanging out with me to uh, record this episode while Lynn's, well, Lynn's is being Lynn's and doing Lynn's things. Not preventing Tony from buying more toys. <laughs> she is not doing she, her, her she only job. She has one job. <laughs> That's why we keep her on this podcast. <laughs> Actually, like, to be honest, though, before coming in, like, she'd messed with me why she couldn't be here, and, uh, and I was just like, man, she really feels like the glue that holds us together, and now that you've joined, she doesn't need to always show up, so, like, now I think you're a bad idea, Anthony. I don't get my <laughs> lens time anymore. All right, I'll, uh, you know, this is Anthony's last, uh, podcast. No, because I think she'll be... For two months. <laughs> I'll come back again. I'll, I'll leave wait, you, just long you, enough to where she gets annoyed and then show up again. And then she'll be like, you'll be like, wait, are you guys still doing that? Yeah. <laughs> no, but she'll be back next week, and um, I'm sure she'll have last to chat about then. But uh, until then, me and uh, Anthony held down the fort once again and uh, got a pretty good show. Lots of uh, nerdy nuggets from around the web. Things are happening. We discussed them. Yeah. Uh, we... Between the both of us, we've reviewed a couple of comic books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the average number of comic books reviewed per person was about 1.25, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, you'll just have to uh, listen to this episode to find out which ones we did. So grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 456, I Just Want to Forge. the the office british or u.s u.s yeah i've seen it I'm, it's a little too cringy for me but i have seen a fair amount of episodes and clips the more popular scenes have you seen dinner party yes the whole episode yeah okay yeah so it, it and anyone that's listening that has even heard of the office has heard at least the dinner party mm-hmm. and they've probably at least seen that one episode and again once uh i was Scrolling the internet and on Reddit or I can't remember where I was at. It was probably Reddit where they were talking about most cringeworthy things they've ever seen. And of course, Scott's Tots always, or yeah, is it Scott? Yeah, Scott's Tots was one of the other ones that was so bad when he promised to buy, pay for all their colleges and then just bought the laptop batteries and stuff. (laughs) But it is definitely not as cringe as Dinner Party. And I then was like, I just need to see if I can stream this right now. I just want to watch one episode. And oh my god, man. I I think it's I think that episode is a great episode to explain to somebody who loves the show why I struggle to watch it, right? Because it's like, okay, you so you know hilarious. the feeling, right? Because and it is funny, but it's like you know the feeling. So what you're experiencing in this is what I'll get out of just like a normal episode a lot of times. It's just like that. It's, there's like an anxiety around how cringy it is. But I think, you know, because I'll watch other shows that are somewhat cringy things like Parks and Rec and stuff. They have moments, right? The big thing about The Office, and it's what a lot of people love, and I, I get why they love it. It's just, it literally like, it's like my blood is boiling. I'm like, I have to move. I have to look away or something. 
but it's just the awkward silence after those things happen. And Dinner Party has a lot of moments where it's just like the, the cringy, awkward thing happens, and then it's just everyone staring. There's no music. There's no audio. It's just the cameras looking around, panning between people, and it was just like, oh, and it's just like burning me up. Well, it's, what's weird is because that's my kind of humor. Really? I laugh at that sort of stuff. Uh, Auntie Donna has some cringe stuff yep. in it. Uh, a lot of the other shows that I've watched, but there's one movie in particular that I have never enjoyed that is cringy as hell. It's Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I actually really liked Napoleon Dynamite. Everyone does. Everyone I've <laughs> talked to does. And I'm like not trying to hate on the movie. Like I think for I think that's actually where all this stuff came from was the cringeworthiness of Napoleon Dynamite and that it had a this sticks out in my head, a four hundred thousand dollar budget is what they used for that movie. I didn't know this. I'm sure like people that love the movie have researched it and knew that, but this is new to me. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that, that became a big hit. Like they made their money back. Oh yeah. Hand over fist on that. Yep. And it didn't necessarily, I don't think it necessarily hit big in the theaters so much, but as soon as that people like heard about it, you know, like in the, you know, this is back when blockbusters and mm-hmm. stuff existed, you could go rent it. Oh man. I had, I know me and my friends rented it multiple times in different instances to watch. And it, so, yeah, they definitely made their money back on that. So, so everyone's saying it's cringeworthy. I just look at it as like, I, I don't even know cringe, like, I guess. But I, don't I don't think, think it's think it as is. cringy as people say. You know, I just right? think it's I can't just kind the, of like, what, I don't get it. It's awkward, right? It's yes, just super awkward. awkward, right? It's not cringy because the stuff he do, he says doesn't make me go like, ugh, right? It's, it's just like, oh, that's kind of weird. Right? It's weird stuff. It's not stuff that makes me go like, oh my God, that was like, you know, sexist, awkwardly timed, you know, just like make everybody shut up for a moment. Um, And I think the pace of it too is so slow that you're just like in this like chill mode. See, it's nothing like, like the office will get you amped up into an episode and then this big, you know, cringy, you know, the joke comes to fruition that was introduced earlier in the episode and you're like, you know, there's a satisfaction to it. Uh, the blind diamond. I don't know. I think it's also because I was like, I don't know, 16, 17 when it came out, which is like the perfect age, like that young teen to young adult, like in college and high school, loved Napoleon Dynamite. But you'll probably get some haters for not liking it. But you'll probably get a lot of people too who will say oh, they agree with you. It was pretty. You either liked it or didn't. It yeah. wasn't like oh, I liked this scene. It was like you liked the whole movie or you didn't like any of the movie. But. I was trying to think of, while you're just talking of like what's some way to segue segue out from this, <laughs> and, and then I'm gonna be like John Krasinski made an excellent sequel to a yes, movie. He did. Uh, if you don't know, uh, John Krasinski is one of the major actors in The Office, and uh, he also uh, wrote and directed uh, Quiet Place, which came out what I think it was like three years ago. Yeah, two or three, same time as Bird Box. Um, which is funny because all we were missing was a, you, uh, so you couldn't speak, you couldn't see, we just need someone to say you couldn't hear, right? We needed a, you, a monster that affected your hearing, so you needed to wear like ear, you know, earbuds or something. We didn't get it, sadly. But we did, you and I saw Quiet Place 2 Wednesday, I think it was last week. Wednesday yeah. or Thursday? Thursday. It was a good movie, uh, and we went to the theaters. Now, we had already gone to a theater experience already, yep. but this was a few more people in there, and 
there was a group of people that were kind of talking, and I was about ready to be that person, but someone else beat me to it. Yeah, like, it was one of the people in their group uh, shushed them like early on in the movie, which, again, same thing. I was about to like be the dad of the situation, be like, kids, this is a movie about being quiet. I need you to be quiet. <laughs> yes, because any small thing is supposed to scare you. Yep. And it was so great because there are some parts where even I got scared who I typically don't get really scared. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, jump scares are, you know, dime a dozen. And you can usually tell when they're going to happen. They still got me. <laughs> this one had some that just, yeah. Like, yep. you're thinking, like, it's too quiet. But then it'll just be a crunch of something. And you're like, oh, someone's got to hear that. But no, not yet. And yeah. then just out of nowhere. <laughs> yep. Well, that's the thing, right? It's, and we'll keep too spoiler free. But, you know, in the first scene, like, literally within, like, uh, three minutes of the movie starting, uh, John Krasinski's character, it's a flashback, uh, his character walks into a store, and you see on the TV in the store that there's an explosion in, uh, I think, Hong Kong, China, or something like that. And then a few minutes later, there's uh, a meteor across the sky. So... You know, spoilers a little bit, but they're aliens. Yeah. That doesn't, but that doesn't spoil anything, right? Because that's what's cool about the movie is that you don't necessarily need an explanation. And I think that's what why John Krasinski is such a good writer is because he understood. I don't need to explain that they came from a planet or the this or that. They're just here, and people got to deal with them. Right? I mean, I just figured they were aliens, anyways. Yep. What kind of aliens? I didn't care. They were just yep. And that's what he took, aliens. right? He just like yeah, con confirmation. Let's move on. Like, <laughs> yeah. remember, let's move on. Um, but yeah, I, I think what's cool. So if you've seen the first one, um, you know the first one really. And I'm I'm upset that I never saw it in theaters. So I saw it at home, um, actually on a streaming service. Like it had been that long after release, um, and I was like, damn, I really wish I had seen this in theaters. This has been yep. such a cool experience. The first one does lay more heavily into the the nature of sound. Right, the second one not so much. The second one's more action oriented. The people are doing things, right? They're not just living their life, avoiding crunchy leaves, <laughs> you know. <laughs> In the second one, they're moving out of the house. They're going out into the world, right? And you start to interact with what's going on in the rest of the world. You get a little bit of a universe expansion out from there. Um, but the monsters are just—they're so cool. They're so simple, too. They just walk around beating people up. Like, that's all you've ever seen in any of the movies, right, is that they just like to walk around. You know, they hate noises. I think we made the joke, right, that they're just trying to find a planet that's quiet, and they get to our planet, and they find it's covered in noise, and so they're just really angry about all the noise. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a 10 out of 10. I thought it was, like, just an excellent movie. I didn't have any problems with it. Um, I got scared. I mean... One scene, again, no spoiler, but one scene, I knew exactly where the monster was going to pop out, <laughs> and it happened, like, two seconds later, and it still got me, right? So, it was just, they're very, his scenes are very well put together. So, an interesting thing about this movie is, it had its world premiere March 8th, 2020. Oh, really? It premiered. Like, in Hollywood? Well, in New York. I mean, usually, oh, yeah, it's either yeah, 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 Hollywood okay. or New York is usually where they would. But uh premiered in New York, so they had it already. People were watching it. 
and pretty much like the next day, uh, a couple days later, New York shut down. Our state of Michigan shut down. So they just held on to it for theaters for yeah. Like, so like over that's a year. What, so wow. like I don't like either people were just really good if that did see it to not spoil it, but like that's just it's crazy. Yeah. That that I didn't from all the news sources that we look at for things. It's the one reason why I try not to even watch certain trailers of movies that I'm really excited to watch. Like, almost all Marvel movies, I, I don't like to dissect them. I want to go to those movies and just enjoy. And so this was one of them that I knew I would definitely go see. So I didn't even look up any of the trailers or anything. Eventually, you know, you'll see one and then not overthink it too much, but... That was something that when I, I was kind of researching going to watch this movie, I was like, did they film this over a pandemic? And then I'm like, no, they filmed it before it. And it was supposed to come out then. That's, That's interesting. I mean, we saw before the movie, John Krasinski comes out and like talks about like the magic of movies and theaters and like says a thank you, right? And... Uh, that's when I, you know, afterwards I was looking up. It's on any streaming services, right? So it's a Paramount movie. It's going to be on Paramount streaming service eventually. But it is crazy that they have, in the era of COVID and everything going to a streaming service, right? HBO Max, like tons of movies are going to HBO Max and like big movies, right? Um, the fact that they're just, they just decided, nope, it's going to be theater only, just like the old days, um, which is cool, I guess. But yeah, I didn't. I cannot imagine being a studio and saying seeing all the success that HBO Max movies are having, and that is such a cheaper way for companies to distribute media. Like from a technology standpoint, it costs like pennies to distribute uh, streaming media to people. So that's cool that they're they held on to it. I mean, kudos to them. <laughs> being willing to because that's such a perfect movie experience right like a theater experience it really ties into that because the speakers in there and just it can get real quiet in a room with a bunch of people breathing and all of a sudden all the audio cuts out in the movie and you're like someone's eating the chips or something and they just like stop in the middle of their hand in the chips or whatever it is well then so it's kind of don't want to get into this too much because it's something that we could talk about uh, ad nauseum but uh, already we've seen that this has broken records for the pandemic is, you know, because we're still in it, folks. But really we're at the tail end. And so this being one of the first new movies yeah. for people to watch. Obviously people are going and seeing this. Uh, that it's already been confirmed that in 2023 we will have a follow-up to this movie. Uh, it's going to be directed by Jeff Nichols. It, John Krasinski uh, is not coming back, so it's probably going to follow a different uh, person or a different group in a different area, maybe. Uh, who knows? I'd like to see the continuation of this, but oh, that, it always hurts me when the original people don't want to see it. Like, he told his story. He didn't want, as you're saying, like, he... Yeah, he didn't want to do it, too. Yeah. yeah. And then finally all of a sudden got inspiration to be like i want to i want to do it now mm-hmm. i don't want to see them milk this because this was, was two perfect movies i think the second one was even better than the first but the first was just out of this world something different and i don't want this to turn into the conjuring 
because we had another one of those come out, which also made lots of money, but they just make money because they're cheaply made too. And yeah, and I mean, The Conjuring, I would say, has one of the higher qualities of horror films. True. Series, right, if they're mm. doing it. But you see the cheapening of it, right? Each movie, you're like, it, it turns into something a little bit more like action-y, and it's not about the spooky haunting of a house. It's like, there are demons running amok across the country land. Like, it's where it it's looks like, like call it's fucking Ghostbusters to... now. And yeah. <laughs> why are you going in this house, then all of a sudden being a little bit of a skeptic of, maybe it's not a demon. Like, yeah. Fuckers, the last house you were in, it almost burned your you face You almost off. died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost died. Like, you should have PTSD going into this house, but suddenly you're like, mm, doesn't feel like, doesn't have that demon-y vibe, right? <laughs> yes. Nothing's on fire yet. So Just wait. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, could they ruin it? Yes. But I think we got two good, really good ones. Very unique. It's hard to have uh, unique ideas in cinema now after, we, you know, been making movies for decades and decades so cool story really great execution effects monsters look great uh all the effects are good uh the sound design is obviously phenomenal uh definitely go see it and see it in theaters yes highly recommend it make sure your theaters have recliners that way you can relax right don't go to one of those old theaters with normal chairs <laughs> Yeah, we'll get ones with vibrating chairs. Yeah, then one of the vibrating <laughs> chairs, they're heated, too, yep. Oh, well, uh, let's get into some book reviews. Uh, Anthony, you can start. All right, uh, my review is uh, about 12 chapters of a novel uh, called um, Sufficiently Advanced Magic. Obviously, I'm only 12 chapters in. I, what I can Wait, tell are you... are you learning how to do magic? No. Oh. It's not a it's not a how to book. It's a fiction book, uh, and I I won't get into much of the story because how much story is going to happen in twelve chapters of like a eighty chapter book. But uh, I will say what you might be interested in because you like magic systems mm -hmm. and it has a unique magic system in it. So uh, basically, when you're like I think it's like sixteen or something like that, fifteen or sixteen, you end up going into one of these. There's like four different towers. Uh, there's you know there's a goddess the goddess has these multiple what they call visages they're kind of like lieutenants or something that kind of do her bidding each one represents a concept you know hope um, justice things like that you go into a tower that's run by a visage and it's kind of like you enter in and you could potentially definitely die in there but you use like basic combat or like puzzle solving or something. If you're lucky enough and skilled enough, you end up going into a room. The room will grant you, um, it's basically like a, ta a permanent tattoo, but it's like on your skin somewhere and where on your body, it'll either be on a hand, uh, on your head, it could be like on your stomach or one of your legs or whatever. And that makes a difference too, but each one has like some element or some concept to it. So what you could be a summoner, so the ability to make uh, packs with monsters and summon them or use their power. There you could be an enchanter, someone who can manipulate mana. But uh, really, it's kind of clever because they kind of take almost like an RPG-ish element to it where they actually talk about mana in like the way we would talk about like gasoline. Right. Okay. You like a fuel, like you need this many units of mana, 
in order to use this rune. And so, like, you know, certain runes that they can empower on weapons. So it takes a lot of traditional magic stuff, right? You have cold weapons, fire weapons. Um, it kind of takes those traditional elements and basically says, okay, you, there's a recipe to making runes. You need 12.4 uh, units of ice mana, and you need... Uh, they have gray mana, which is just general mana. And, like, monsters, when you kill them in the tower, you can get crystals. And the monsters, if they're tied to an element, will have that type of mana. So it's like a mana source. And there's businesses. There's trains that are run on. Uh, the book introduces an automobile where it's, they're like, it's a, you know, a train that basically moves on its own. And it <laughs> runs on liquid mana. It's like, okay, so gas? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And then there's also, like, solid mana. Version, Wait, maybe they so aren't cool. really because it doesn't have pictures and you're reading the book maybe when they're saying they're making flame magic really it's a lighter yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well that was the cool thing so obviously it's called sufficiently advanced magic um there's the whole quote that any science God, any sufficiently advanced science is um no different in appearance from magic right but so it's not playing on that so much but that idea that magic in this world is half scientific it's half mystical and half scientific so they've got like the religion where they think all of these magic comes from and then they've got um you know the scientific aspect to it uh oh, man so it's it, cool it's well cool though you're just so making hard. me think of something totally scientific nerdy that i just learned about that is not comic book based and i don't know if anyone cares to listen about it but i just heard that they're making this laser that within two years, they're going to shoot it into empty space with so much energy. I think it's 2023 or maybe it's 2025, but with so much energy to create matter. Because they're both equal, mm-hmm. according to Einstein. Yep. And we've easily been able to take en- or matter and make energy, nuclear reactors, this and that. But we've never truly been able to take so much energy to then create matter like we've got to be really dense yes and so that is something they're going to do that it's something i've never thought of why would you test that or why would you need to but i guess they've never really done that and i'm just like thinking okay this is how we get the wormhole into the next dimension it's like cern right we're talking about you know but yeah it's i remember cern was uh opening and going online about the same time that they made the Angels and Demons movie. And in it, there was like, you know, they had dark matter and it come in a compact with like normal matter and it causes like this nuclear bread explosion. And people are like, it's going to cause a black hole. It's going to cause a huge explosion. It's like, nah. no. No. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is going to open the, the portal to the many angled ones yeah. and Cthulhu is <laughs> going to come out. Uh, or even like Doom, right? The yeah. Doom portal in hell. We'll find do- hell energy, and then we'll start to <clears throat> farm it, and then it brings the demons to Earth. And we've got all the, you know, basic. But here's the thing: we've got books, right? Uh, future generations will view them as historical documents that were, uh, you know, a prophecy, a prophetic of the future to come, like the Terminator movies for the androids, or when they take over, right? The machines, the AI. They'll just be another one of those. But that's cool. I love science stuff like that, like space travel and interdimensional rifts being opened by some nerds with a laser somewhere like the government paid me a million dollars i'm gonna shoot a laser into space it's like okay but so we'll see how where it goes 
I'm continuing yeah. to read it over the next couple weeks. Uh, hopefully finish it off about that time. I've been enjoying it, so. Good. I, hope you, I hope you finish this book quicker than... <laughs> Reign of Hell? Yes. Like I said, I, I actually, this is the last book that I have in my Audible account. So Reign of Hell could very likely be the next one. that I Listeners out there, read Reign of Hell. Uh, I've been so reading good. it for... Uh, three years? Three, yeah, three years. <laughs> I think now you've had. That you gave book. me the you gave me the book after I got back from Vegas in thirtieth. So it's twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this like coming uh, uh, September, it'll be three years. You I know? keep forgetting you have it until and you, you know, talk about real books. And what's like, gonna happen when I actually read it? We'll have nothing to talk about. Right, well, you'll be like, that was so good. And then my life will be meaningless because I have nothing to look forward to. That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> In all honesty, after the weekends, my life is over until Friday hits. Yep. All right. So um, I'm going to quick just mention a couple of these because I don't want to get too much into it because I don't know too much about it is pretty much what I'm going to say. First one is North, For- North Force uh, issue zero from Image Comics. So... This is uh, by Eric Larson. This is uh, Savage Dragon and the Canadian uh, superhero team. That's what North Force is. And it's one of those things I talk about all the time. I've enjoyed Savage Dragon when I was younger. And I'm trying to get back into it a little bit. Same with Spawn. But with those two titles in particular have been ongoing since their creation. Mm -hmm. There is so much to do. And this is, and I hate saying it because it's like, I hate when Marvel or DC or them renumber their issues. But at the same point, sometimes don't, they don't need to renumber the issues, but really give us like a once an annual once a year or a, here's where you can start jumping in for the new story arc type thing. Because Without knowing that, you know, I'm in the middle of a, a heist between villains and everything. It's like playing Kingdom Hearts 3 before you play 1 and 2. And you're just like, you go in and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then you might look at the first one and be like, that one actually makes a little sense. Yeah, yeah, But not all this other... So, like, ship. how... What number did you read? So, this... Well, this is just the, the North Force Zero, which... Okay. ...shows kind of him uh, creating this team. Mm-hmm. To go out, and then the rest of them just like, fuck yeah, let's go out there, yeah, let's go save some lives. So, ultimately what I really liked in this book, it gave a little bit of who these people are, but also at the end of it, um, something I used to watch, read all the time and have spoken about before is the Marvel Universe handbooks, like anything that has like the bio yeah. of a person and their... Usually they'll have weight weight and height, but they'll also have their superpowers and kind of a little bit about them. At the back of this, it, it had it for this group. So to me, I enjoyed reading this because of that. But also, like I said, I'm still kind of lost in this world. And I really should just start before I read more of Savage Dragon. Learn about Savage Dragon Universe and the people within it. Because I think that would help me out greatly before going back in it. Spawn Universe, I know a little bit more because I've explored a little bit more of those books than this. But all in all, though, I'm saying this was a a good book. I think it it's a good book for those who don't know. 
because again, not knowing some of these characters right away, by the end of it, I felt like, oh, okay, okay, I know who they are, and if they pop up again, I'll at least know. Do you feel like this had enough information where you could go into Savage Dragon, like into other, like you know, the more in depth stories for each of these characters, or do you feel like it's just a good enough intro that you're not going to feel lost? For North, you know, North Force 1, 2, 3, whatever. Yeah, I think it would be just good enough for North Force 1. Okay. And, and, yeah, and having known who Savage Dragon is, even if you don't know who that is, if you just pick this up and you're like, what is this book? And, oh, what's this green mohawked powerhouse <laughs> dude? Yep. You'll get at least enough to know who that is as well. So, okay, that was good. Um, I want to quick give a shout-out to <clears throat> Crush and Lobo number 1. This is one of eight. Uh, and... I'm not going to review this because I know Linz loves Lobo and now loves uh, Crush, and I'm sure she's going to want to talk about it next week when she comes back. So You're not just going to steal it from her today? No. Plus, <laughs> well, I have so many other things to talk about. Plus, it's one of eight series, so I'm sure it'll come up a couple times. Um, the two books that I hands down <clears throat> want to talk about, and I don't even know... Actually, one I'll, I will talk about more because oh, The Nice House on the Lake by James Tinian IV, um, an art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno, um, colors by Jordi Belair. This, I, I don't know where to start because I can't really say anything about it. What, without spoiling it? Or? it well, it, it was <clears throat> that good that I don't want to even really... Like, I don't, I want people to just go fucking. So I say, so I should definitely read it. Pick it up. It is uh, part of the DC Black Label, so it is more adult. Okay. Um, and although going into this, hearing that it was a, a horror type story, I, I, I didn't f- necessarily feel that at first. And I thought the art was, was amazing and the dialogue was pretty good amongst uh, the people. I can give the briefest of. It's, it's a nice house on a lake, and this group of people are invited to go there from this weird, creepy guy named Walter, and that's... The, some of the pages give you, um, like, almost, like, uh, email inboxes or, like, little Twitter threads of stuff's going on, so you learn kind of who some of these people are from some of their interactions when they're getting to this house, but also in those random things like one of them has uh a page where it shows the attachment uh with a picture of what this lake house looks like and how beautiful it is and all these people would be crazy not to go to this so they all get there and that's all i can say then because anything going forward from them getting there um it kind of seems to like be part of what's going on and the ending was just like, wow. So, does it does it leave you wanting more because it's missing something? Or does it leave you wanting more just because it's such a good story? You're like, oh, I need more. Oh, there's shit that, that doesn't explain that, like I said, in the last two pages comes out of left field. And you're like, but, no, explain this! <laughs> yes. But, but also, yeah, like... You get to know some of these characters in how briefly, because there's, I can't remember, I think there's 10 to 12 of them. Um, so there's a lot of characters, and to get introduced to that many, 
Um, the way they went about it was pretty interesting. It's kind of just little blurbs of who they are, and then the next person meets this person, and, and so on and so forth down the line. But it felt flawless. Like, it was really, really well done. So, um, hands to the creative team on this. Um, it's number one. I don't know how many total issues. Normally, Black Series go at least three issues for things. Um, I don't know if this would be an ongoing from them or not, but uh, I'm all in for it. Cool. Um, when was it released? Recently? Yeah, this is past week. Past week? Okay. Yep. And then... So now you got to really wait. You can't just like binge binge read. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what kind of sucks, sucks sometimes with comic books. Unlike my anime that I'll find a whole season to just watch. <laughs> Thank the God. Seven hours of anime altogether. <laughs> That's what happens some nights. So uh, there's this book that came out called Basilisk. And I'm going to be right up front of... I've wanted to create a comic book that is um, has the term Basilisk in it, but it's something else. That I thought this was going to be about. And I was going to be like, man, if this is my idea of what I want to do for a comic <laughs> book, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to read this. But I'm not going to mention it if it was. And it's it's not. It's a totally different uh, from what my um, idea for a comic book is. So if ever I... It's still safe. Yeah. For now. You just need to find the it. artist and the producer. You're done. Yes. I mean, I have some thoughts in my head. But regardless, going back to this... Um, Written by uh, Cullen Bunn. It's, it starts off um, with a very... Uh, the the art changed a bit, I felt. And I loved the art at first. And then I, I, I also enjoyed the rest of the art. But um, this was illustrated by Jonas uh, Scharf. I, hope, I always hope that I'm saying these names right <laughs> here just like show me the names that's what you should do just like send me a list of names to pronounce for the show and i'll just like Beforehand. practice them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so like i was saying starts off with this more of a watercolor looking almost dreamish like atmosphere because later on you find out that that is kind of a, a dream um at least or it just it happened in the past but as as you can see here just this <clears throat> art style Goes from from this, which I thought was really cool looking, is also zombie-ish. And like I said, I have no clue what this book is about. Yeah. Oh, well, I was thinking it was going to be what I was going to do. And then it kind of goes back into a, a, a normal art style, so not as watercolor. I say it looks very, like, sepia. Looks, It's got the, the quote-unquote Mexico filter, right? Whenever directors want to be like, oh, it's in Mexico? It's brown. Oh. The whole the sky's brown, the sand is brown, buildings are brown, everything. I hate that, but it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> but it is useful. It is a useful color to establish kind of like dusty or old or... Okay. And so what I will say is, again, not knowing what's going on in these this group of people looking like they're... I don't know. Like, came out of nowhere and up to no good. And then this girl touching this person who's asking if they need help and then just you see this like her hand turning zombie-ish and almost like sucking the life out of this guy i'm like okay this this has pulled me in within the first couple uh pages i am now wanting to know what is going on but then it's someone waking up from falling asleep so i'm like oh was that was that you know red herring was that something that really happened 
And so the whole time I'm like thinking, what's this basilisk? Until we get to see one of the main people who is walking around with this cloth, like, what would you kind of call it with over the, just the eyes? Oh, like Not a like ninja a, mask? <laughs> not even it's just cloth. Like I don't know if that's a burka or what the real mm. thing is called, but you can see her mouth and everything. And she goes into a restaurant and is eating with this this over her face. Oh, and so it's like, only over her eyes. Yes. Oh, okay. And so I'm like, oh, it's like I a know. daredevil thing. Well, yes, like pre pre costume. Yes, it would yes. look almost like that. And you know, from Greek mythology, Basculus yep. is and yep. turned to stone. So I was thinking, all right. That's probably this person's powers. She has someone can't stare at people. Going into some confrontation with some people here and there, we get to learn a little bit more about who she is. This was not as word heavy as most books I would get. A lot of the art was kind of showing, you know, what needed to be said. Some of the panels were just a couple <clears throat> sentences long of dialogue worth. But you get the sense when this person who had the confrontation uh, pulls up the, the cloth and the, the girl is having her eyes remain closed. I'm like, yep, there's something that happens when her eyes open. Well, then we get some, uh, I want to call them rednecks, but this force of people. So you also, you're also wondering or realizing that this is not... I guess the the best of maybe humanity or the best of worlds. Like it's yep. not like our everyday. Yep. Something's gone on. Um, we know that that this person Regan, who is this basilisk, I, I'm imagining, is what they're going for with the title. She has this power. She uses it, but they're talking about the girl that kidnapped her. Hannah was like, "Was that you? Was that you and your family?" that did that to that town and all those other murders goes back to that first that dream that seeing that old man get his life force sucked out and them thinking wait this this girl seems nice like she doesn't seem like a bad guy and then you learn that she kind of broke off from her family and there's crows that are like just seen throughout this it's just it's an eerie really well done mystery of like What's with these crows? They're intelligent, but they keep showing these crows' eyes like they're watching. And then right at the end, everything comes full circle to the rest of the people that were in the first um, initial showing up. Mm -hmm. All five of them. There's four of them that look like they're in some cottage. One of the guys is just talking to the crows and then saying, you know, we've at least found where Regan's at. And it's like, this was the book. There's a there's a few things that I left out to to definitely readers should read to understand what this world is. But there's so much just mystery packed in this one book that they left open. I want to know who these people are. I want to know where these people come from. What's with these powers? How you know far you know has their murder spree gone? Obviously, it seems like the rest of this group is the bad guys yep. um why it i don't know i was just really really intrigued and like i said i thought the art was really good as well i would love to see like some more of that watercolor but it it was a good book so quite happy to be able to talk about it and it's not what my idea was so 
Definitely still say it. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be bad if it was your idea and you loved it, and now you have to purposely hate it because it's they stole your idea even though they executed it well? Thankfully, we don't have that situation, but... <laughs> and those are the books that I have right now. I have a booze in a book that I'll bring up later, but... Nice. Well, uh, news. There's some of it. Not the biggest... It's interesting because we, we recorded last week. Mm-hmm. It was a holiday. Um... And so we're kind of looking at two weeks of news, but there's not a whole lot that happened over the last couple of weeks. Maybe because of the holiday, people are just gearing up for the weekend and stuff. Um, I would say in the uh, gaming world, really the only thing that I found interesting as far as stuff that's going on, there's a very unique new MMO that's in the, their pre-alpha sign-up stage. So you can go and just put your email in to sign up and they have you fill out like a Google form survey if for a better chance of getting selected. Um, it's just stuff like what's your gaming experience, things like that. But it's called Palia, so P-A-L-I-A, and it's basically like, I would not mean Animal Crossing, I'd say it's like a, uh, a sim MMO, not like The Sims, but like it's a simulation where you're not going out slaying monsters, completing quests, and you know, forming guilds things like that you're just going to work you're just starting a farm or you know simple livelihood stuff so the the site or the the app itself or game sorry um basically says further all that we know about the plot is that uh humanity humans disappeared thousands of years ago and are spontaneously reappearing on the planet and so you like befriend npcs there are things like uh, farming robots and uh, like creatures, uh, but they're like friendly creatures. So there's not all this combat and stuff. You're just basically like living a life in a community. And so you have to like farm. So um, like Stardew Valley, right? That kind of life, you're doing that, but it's in an MMO. So you're interacting with other players. Can you ruin life. someone else's crops or? I don't know that you can. Or like hack their... <laughs> Their computer system at the office. Well, there's no computer system. It's it's kind of like a medievalish approach. Oh, so there is no technology. Correct. Yeah, from okay. what I can tell, and there's basic technology, right? So like uh, water pails and um, <clears throat> you know tools, but there <clears throat> there's not um, yeah anything super sciency. Couldn't I though like start making? Like things like making a forge to then make this to then. I think they'll do that in some capacity, right? So you'll be able to um, make a forge, but it's take over the world with the best weapon ever, the trebuchet. (laughs) I well, that's the thing. There's no. I don't think there's any combat in this. I think they're gonna do like puzzles, like you got. You know, if you want your adventures, quote unquote, are puzzles. Um, you can, you and you get to pick like how you where you want to build your home at. I think like in a forest or next to a lake or stuff like that. Um, there it's like the world's was for me that's like scratches the itch that I've had in MMOs because every MMO is like the same. You come in, there's a reason that you're the hero to save the day. You go around interacting with other heroes within the lore, and they never actually say your name because you type in you know, um, 
Noob Slayer 420. So, and they're not going to have some AI pronounce Noob Slayer 420 in a cutscene, right? So you, it's you feel disconnected from it. Um, but there's, I've always dreamed of just like opening up a uh, you know a tradesman's shop and maybe a blacksmithy or something, and other players can roll up and just purchase my wares and then go on their grand adventures. That's like the goal of life. So you know, I can't get that in real life. So I have to reach out to video games. But we're in a simulation, so well, you get that in real life. The who want, whoever wrote it sucks on some stuff. Okay, that some is, stuff is great. That is true. They screwed up on other stuff. Um, <laughs> so do you have a news article? We can go back and forth sharing our news. Oh, uh, well, I want to just shit on George R. R. Martin. Okay, more. go for it. We can do it now. Uh, what did he do this time? It's just what it's... I, I still... I still hate the ending. Like, I will never. I'm glad Lindsay isn't here because I promised her I wouldn't talk about this. So I'm glad that she's not here. So Did you, can... is it season eight or is it just George R. R. Martin? It makes it. It just makes it all. Well, it's season eight. I mean, okay. I, I don't blame us on him. However, that fucker needs to finish the books because I want to have a good ending for me to be like, yeah, those guys sucked and this ending was. What should be even? Yeah. It doesn't even be a good ending. Just a different ending. Just. Something that makes sense yep. because that whole show sucked. Even some of the beginning stuff, like it just it sucked, man. It it. I think you did. you become less willing to look past some of the issues earlier on because of the payout, right? You're like, okay, these things are kind of weird, but if the payout's good, whatever. Payout was not. I would rewatch some of the episodes now. I I have no. Need to I don't think because, I'll ever rewatch them, yeah. Because that world is so tainted with how badly it ended, why would I ever want to revisit that world? Mm-hmm. And so what I want to bring up is there are fucking like ten different shows and movies coming out about Westeros and the world of Game of Thrones. We have House of the Dragon that's already being filmed right now that is going to be on HBO coming out i believe next year is that about the targaryens before yes game of thrones okay well i find out that doesn't matter if you're a fucking targaryen or not your name doesn't fucking matter for shit so <laughs> why would i care about you guys like mm-hmm. honestly why uh tales of duncan egg that one i read in uh um comic book form that i really enjoyed um that was uh kind of between, I want to say before, or it's young Aegon, I believe. I'll have to reread that one. But that one I thought was really, really good. Um, and, yeah, I think it's uh, Aegon V. Um, and how the unlikeliness of him becoming, because he was like the seventh son of like the seventh son or something. It was a cool, interesting story. But you know what? I'm not going to fucking watch it because, again, why does it matter? Actually, that one I probably would. Well, so I guess here's the thing. Who's the showrunners on these? Oh, I mean, they're not D&D, which is thank fucking God. But Mm -hmm. I don't even care, though. If if everything... If there's not something that says, oh, that was a fever dream, and we just, like... Why? I I just don't... There's something called a thousand or ten thousand ships. Something called nine voyages. There's a in development uh, flea bottom, so we're gonna explore flea bottom, and these are all things 
that I'd be fucking all about, man. Let's explore that world. Let's have a comedy centered, you know, around the brothels and this uh-huh. and that and who comes in and out. Uh, one of the Sand Kings and what went on there. Um, the Lost Lands and what's, you know, what's going on in that area. But when it comes down to it, like, it is so hard for me to be like, to see visualized a world that is not the books because the books are way better than what the shit we got. Maybe. So here's what's going to happen. I'll watch them and then I'll let you know if they're worth it. And it'll be like a therapy. Well, you'll, you'll be able to like, you'll be like, you know what? My true lover, Game of Thrones, broke my heart at the end of our relationship. And now, you know, the wider but, but, Song of Ice, and, or, you know, the wider Westeros canon, you know, just redeemed it. Right. So kind of like Star Wars, you know, seven, eight and nine burned us. But then Filoni came in and said, uh, here's Mandalorian, and you're like, you know what? Maybe I am ready to love again, right? <laughs> and and that may be the case, except for I'll I'll simply say, where does this fall in place of of lore? And once you start up your mouth, it's gonna be like, lore doesn't fucking matter because there was none. <laughs> Who? Oh, symbols. What do those symbols mean? They don't mean jack shit. So, well, I know. I mean, that is a struggle that they're picking. I mean, because it's easier to do a series after a failed thing, right? Time-wise, do a time jump or whatever. Well, anything afterwards, you could just look and be like, "That shit was bad," but now you can explore this world in a new, yeah, yeah. new but eyes, like simultaneous, right? You know, the world during the events of it, or even prequel. It's tough because you know what the payout is, right? So even for like Star Wars, Which is a dud for Star Wars stuff, right? Knowing the payout of seven, eight, nine. You know things like the the high the high order. That's what they're doing now, right? So it's like Yoda when he's younger, he he's still a Jedi Master, but it's like four hundred years before Episode One, and it's like okay, that's a little bit easier to to tolerate with that because it's it has nothing to do with the story, right? Anything that impacts just needs to not retcon Anakin, you know, the Skywalker saga, yeah. and you're fine. But they can do literally anything, right? And so. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting take that they would do that. Because your personal feelings on season eight aside, it was pretty well understood season eight was just like the biggest ass pull and critically was panned, right? It, it's not just a couple big fans who feel like they were hurt. It's everybody was just kind of like, ah, this was really lackluster and you guys paid millions of dollars for this, you know, that kind of thing, so... But it's a risky play. But here's the biggest thing of all this, though. Why the fuck is he helping develop these things when he hasn't finished the books? Yeah, he, <laughs> it's he's the ultimate procrastinator, right? It's like I gotta work, but there are dishes. There's two. There's two bowls in my sink that need to be cleaned, right? It's yeah, that's the thing. That's what he's doing, right? None of these things are important. The most important thing is finishing that book. And he's like, I could, but. I haven't vacuumed in a couple hours, and so I should probably vacuum before, you know, because I'm going to sit down and do my work, but then I'll get distracted thinking about all the other things that need done, so I'm going to get those things out of the way. <laughs> That's what he's doing right now. Oh, what do you got? News. Loki. A little something happy. Looks really cool, in my opinion. I'm excited for it. 
Uh, it's a fully separate story. They've got the time is screwed up, so they can just make up whatever they want. You know, it's a fun time for him to explore the MCU. and. Yeah, but I think it will have on. some sort of ramification, though. It will, and I think... You know, but I think the the time travel gives them the advantage to do it however they want, right? The the plot of the show makes it perfectly acceptable to retcon things that could even happen in the same show, right? Someone could die and they save them in the same series. So, uh, but it releases in, on Wednesday, June 9th. Uh, I'll be checking it out right away, and I'm hoping they'll do the standard one and a half hour episode like an extra long one for the beginning i've liked when they do that with the shows it's kind of cool you you get more info right at the beginning to capture your attention <clears throat> um yeah that's about it so uh well two things one uh there's people speculating about time of the episodes this and that and i really don't care about it but the first two episodes are coming in clocked at i believe 50 one minutes and episode two is 54 minutes so there's that i don't know why we need to speculate over it but what i'm going to be doing when i'm watching is having a nice old bowl of loki charm cereal (laughs) i did see those because (laughs) that is cool now i'm kind of pissed that they're they're going to be pricier because it's a special collector's edition Mm -hmm. so it's going to be like double what a normal box of lucky charms would be but you know what I I will definitely get it just because, A, I do enjoy Lucky Charms cereal. But, yeah. If you're going to eat a bowl of sugar, it's a good option. Yeah. It is, as far as they go. Um, now, I didn't look. The shapes, are they the same? I think they're just the same. Okay, it's they're... just the box has, like, the chibi version of uh, Loki on it. I did see it um, at, I think it was when I was at Meyer the other day. I was like, oh, there's Loki Charm. I didn't even think about it. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, there's like, there's a big thing. <laughs> like, they're just making partnerships with everybody these days. Um, for any boys fans out there, you're a fan of the boys. Um, Jensen Ackles has been released, his character. Um, I think it's the Soldier, is what it's called. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Um, he turns into a rapper later on in life. But. <laughs> uh, he, he, yeah, he gets a, he goes to Soldier. Yeah. Uh, changes it up. Uh, he, uh, I, I did read a couple articles on it, um, kind of interviews about it, um, and they basically said they wanted to go with like the old school, like '50s era macho military man. So that's probably going to do. So he's probably going to be like you know one of those straight laced, always follow order types. Based on that, I'm like just excited for season three. I finally, you know, over the last. Three months, I caught up on like almost all of my streaming shows that I needed to. The boys being one of them. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, the last thing I have, news-wise, Shadow and Bone second season. Uh, we talked about it what like a month ago originally. When I think that was like the first week that I came back, we were talking about Shadow and Bone because um, I had just finished it. You were watching. You were watching it. You hadn't finished it yet, but. Um, yeah, so they're gonna have a second season. I don't think the date is confirmed yet, but Netflix did release that they're paying for it, so that'll be cool. Well, the last couple things I have are mainly well, actually no, there's Sweet Tooth that I want to quick mention. Oh yeah, I haven't checked it out. Did you watch it? I binge watched half of it so far. It was so good. Yeah, I read the first issue, 
I never read the rest of the series, so I was in for surprises left and right of really what this world was about. Um, I know Derek had reviewed them sometimes when he was on, so I knew a bit about what happens, but not really. And I love rave reviews from people that have watched it so far. The child who um, is Gus Sweet Tooth. Yep. Uh, wow, that kid is a phenomenal actor. I did not think these people were acting. I thought this was a legit camera in this world. Oh, wow. And these people were who they were. Um, all the, the kid actors for... Well, eh, there's a part with some of the kids that I was like, maybe not. But uh, that dude... Uh, I should have really looked up his name. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, but the, the person who created the... Jeff Lemire created the comic books, but the person who created the show, uh, Jeremy Platt, is a producer on on Sweet Tooth. He he tweeted out, "There's the old meme of like how it started and then how's it going." So how it started, and it he posted a reply that um, from someone when he was talking about creating this show, Sweet Tooth, mm-hmm. off the comic book back in 2017. The reply was. No one is going to buy a Dear Boy show, and definitely no one is going to make it. And then the other, how it's going now, top ten in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> That's a way to do it. Uh, I mainly just want to mention of it, really, really good. It The first episode, it's very dense in trying to explain a lot of things without explaining it right away to leave some mystery. And f- for that, I would say definitely you got the second episodes when you really start getting into it. Like I still liked it anyways because there was enough mystery, but I could see how some people, they may shut off after the first one and definitely don't mm-hmm. keep going because so far I've just thought that it's it's wonderfully well done. And then one of the things that I, I would never buy this anyways because I'd want to get a real working Iron Man suit, but... You can buy a, a life-size Iron Man statue at Disneyland when you're there for eight grand. Eight grand, that's it. Nice. Yeah, it is... Uh, Budget options these days. Well, I just I find it hilarious because uh, there's pictures online of the little plaque saying how much it is that you can get it, and it's technically 7950 But it just says, please don't move or anything. Please help ask a crew member... Uh, you know, we can load it up in your car for you or whatever, but like, if you're flying, like, are you, <laughs> they have, they have options of shipping too, which I'm assuming could be, no, I could fit in grain. the bin, yeah. the overhead bin, <laughs> yeah. get a ticket for it to sit yeah. right next to you. Um, and then again, I hate this time of year because San Diego Comic Con, even though it's from home. New York Toy Fair, which is usually in January, and then this one is a big time for toys coming out and exclusives, and I've already started seeing some cool ones. Um, there's some cool Dragon Ball Z action figures, which I never truly got into because there was only... I hate action figures that only have five points of rotation. Yeah, yep. Um, I want to at least have, what, two more, four, so nine points, like at least elbow and knee joints. Um Oh, these look like they're a little bit more because uh, I want to pose them in the things. Because yeah. typically I'm not really bashing them together. We well, don't want anymore. them to look like a robot moving, right? You want them yeah. to have like 
like wrists or striking poses you know. that can like do like you know like Superman here just in his flying position. Yep. Even Transformers nowadays have better articulation than certain toys, which not knocking the other toys because sometimes that increases the cost, but. You got to make it available to the crowd that's going to actually buy yes, it. Yes, but. but I like seeing some of those that I uh, have seen. Um, Lego has uh, a cool Darth Vader. Now is it Mustafar? Is that where he Mustafar? Has? Yeah, yeah. Um, with his the lava uh, world. Yep, and his uh, kind of ball like chill. Uh, what do you call that? Oh, the thing where he puts his helmet on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, meditation chamber. That's what it is. And uh, that looks like a cool set. Um, they've been coming out with a lot of like these masks and cowls of Batman, which are also pretty cool. But the biggest thing with Lego is that they have announced that there is a Lego Con. Now, this one that's coming out this year is going to be uh, just like all the conventions that have been announced mainly come summertime, because I know there's some that are going to happen in the fall. It's going to be an online event. But if they get enough people watching, they may say, hey, let's have a real convention. Lego is a big staple for most conventions that I don't know how you'd have a full weekend around Lego to make it a true destination convention. But this event will be broadcast uh, June 26th, um, noon for us in... Eastern? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'll at least watch it to, to see because uh, Lego Masters came back on. That's a great oh, show yeah. on Fox. Yeah, like, very good show. For as cheesy as they they have to make stupid competition shows sometimes, and Will Arnett has some really like cringy one-liners, it's a really... Some of the shit they make is like, wow, I, I thought I could make stuff, and no, I pale in comparison. Um, and that is about uh, all that I had, so... One more. Speaking of conventions, E3 is this week. Starts up on uh, fri or yeah. Friday. Goes till, I think, Monday or Tuesday. Or goes to the 15th. So, let's see, seven days. So, Wednesday, I think is what it is. Friday you, to Wednesday or something like that. You think we're going to get any uh, Breath of the Wild 2? <sighs> no. Honestly, no. Um, because, I mean, pre-COVID... They released the trailer pre-COVID. Yeah. The first trailer. And it was like, we're making it. <laughs> That's all they said. Right? They didn't say potential year or anything like that. So that, typically, if that, in that case, you would say, okay, they're not even looking at next year. Which, in that case, would be like 2022, right? So, I think maybe we'll be lucky if we get it next year. Um, I don't think they would even announce anything. Plus, they have their Nintendo Direct. And they tend to like using that for like big announcements. Yeah. You know, E three is big, but E three is really even before COVID. E three just no longer just the world changed, right? No one needed a, a convention and a big stage to announce stuff like that. When everyone has a four K TV at home and you can just put out a trailer and people get hyped about it, and you know, it's no longer well, E three was like great for the era of word of mouth, right? Where we could sit, you know, be like, hey, did you watch E three? I used to sit down. I was going to say, downfall of E3 was not having G4 covering it. Well, that's the thing is, I used to watch G4. I would sit, and I would literally, I remember, like, because uh, it was summer, right? So I wasn't mm -hmm. in class back in college. Yeah, that and weekend and that week was stuck I was just on G4. my couch the whole time just watching G4 <laughs> coverage of, like, 
the different keynotes and all that jazz. So um, also, I mean, this happened a couple years ago, but they're sticking with it. Sony's not going to be there. So it's just as far as like the big guys, it's just going to be <clears throat> Nintendo and Microsoft. Uh, if Nintendo shows up with a Breath of the Wild 2 trailer and a date, uh, the world will blow up, right? That's, it will, that would Met be so cool. What about Metro Prime? Metro Four. Prime. I actually uh, was watching some, some YouTube videos, I forget, like, specifically, but they were mentioning the fact, like, you know, that was the same thing. Metroid Prime 4, they released the trailer saying we're working on it, and since then, they've actually canceled the team and started from scratch. I don't say that they used different people, but, like, the, pl the route they were going down, they just scrapped it almost completely and just said we're starting over. Um, we've waited long enough. We deserve, you know, <laughs> I'm a fan, and I... You know, I deserve this right now, but um, yeah, I think we're still got some time before anything the, the cool Nintendo stuff comes out. Maybe we'll see something cool, but everyone, you know, they just have such great ability to get directly to you to advertise their new stuff. I don't know that we'll see anything super big, right? Um, maybe one of the, I would say the sh the stars of E3 in the last couple of years have actually been publishers, right? So not Nintendo, Microsoft, or Sony. Things like Ubisoft or EA or um, Activision, Blizzard, you know, those guys coming out with stuff. Uh, you could potentially see like a Riot thing. Riot's been working on a bunch of stuff lately. Um, G4 is kind of back, right? They're not going to be covering in the same sense that they're going to do like live coverage, right, with people. But you'll see Sessler and um, all the new crew making comments on it i'm sure we'll see some fun, fun videos but yeah it starts the starts on friday the 11th and goes until the 15th um and actually i think microsoft is like on tuesday and nintendo's on the last day for their keynotes at the end instead of the beginning so we'll see i'm always up for new games but yeah all right well i mean i'm looking forward to it as much as as you are because I need more gaming in my life. Yeah. Uh, booze and book this week is Marvel Tales, The Trials of Loki. Now, this is a thick collection of four different comic books. Uh, it's kind of a cheat because I didn't reread this. I read these. God, this came out, I think, 2010. And these are... Some of the, this was like one of the, my favorite of all Loki stories. Uh, it's just great, and so I'm more or less saying now go pick this up. It's it's a nice little collection uh, of this. Um, also, it reminded me of something too, because there's the forward by Ralph Macchio, which I'm like Ralph Macchio. Why is really? Ralph Macchio? <laughs> no, it, that's the same thing. <laughs> I've been doing this podcast a little bit longer than you to now realize my mistake of like, oh yeah, because the first time I ever saw Ralph Macchio making a comic book, I'm like what? <clears throat> Tell realize, oh, there's actually a comic book creator who is named Ralph Macchio. Oh, okay. In fact, his nickname at Marvel was the Karate Kid because there's no yep. relationship to the other one, but that they're both I mean, named I mean, people him. do things, right? They switch industries, yeah. but I would not have guessed comics for Ralph Macchio. Yeah. But okay, so, so another Ralph Macchio. So again, before when I I picked this up, I didn't necessarily know what it was, and I'm reading the forward, and that's when I was like, Ralph Macchio, and then I go, damn it, I did that before too. <laughs> I'll mention it now again. 
Uh, but then the, once I started reading, I go, oh yes, I have read this this story, and um, I know where serpent. What kind of snake? A deadly one. <laughs> so like a cobra or I, an asp? To be honest, I, I don't know. I just knew that there was a wine that that has like snake from like pretty much chilling in it. Yeah. This is out of all the things that we say for booze in a book. I've typically always had that, or at least tried that. Uh, this is the one that I haven't tried, but also just again a key part of this this uh, collection here has to do with the snake, and I just think this is probably the best pairing because of reasons. Once you read it, without even having tasted snake wine, and also it's probably the only time I'll ever pair snake wine with anything, so it's the perfect pairing now. Nice. And with that, um, I say it's a wrap. Uh, hopefully, uh, Lynn's will will not leave us because I think I just invested uh, three grand more in Legos. Than Magic. <laughs> <laughs> She's really hurting my wallet by not being here and giving me stern looks of like, yep. "You can't buy anything this week." Next, every any time that she's missing, I'm gonna start bringing like a preloaded page. Like on my tablet, I'm just gonna show it to you and be like, Tony, look at all these things you can buy. Be like, oh, I already conveniently put it in a shopping cart for you. <laughs> <laughs> just need to have your finger thumbprint. Yeah, yeah, I took your credit card the other weekend too while we were out getting drinks. And so, I mean, I preloaded it. Yeah, just to be nice, kind for me. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Have it all set up and ready to go. <laughs> I opened this credit card in your name too. It's got a you know $10,000 limit. Just free money. Go for it. Well, with that, uh, stay thirsty for my bankruptcy. <laughs> 